Welcome to episode 190 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. On today's episode, we break down the major games on the schedule for week one and give you our predictions for each game. You can find this show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. During the season, join us for the live recording of the show every Sunday at 8 Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. One caveat for that, this week, obviously, there's a big game on Sunday, so we will be recording on Monday during the Clemson-Duke game. You can find clips from the show on Twitter at Sat Down South and at Sat FB Uncensored on Instagram and TikTok at Saturday Down South. And you can find us on YouTube at Saturday Down South. And now here's the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored brought to you by Texas Pete and Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with you, as always, my co-host, Chris Marler. Chris, we didn't get to recap week zero together, but did not. Uh, <clears throat> I'm very excited about this episode. Yeah, we this finally really, did a game. truly the start of the season. It is. I'm I'm so fired up, man. I'm so fired up. I like we're recording this on a Wednesday. This will like you can listen to it, obviously. What? I guess Thursday, the first day, I mean, day of day one of games. So oh, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm fired up, man. And there's like, like, so I've, I've heard people like people shit on like some of the slate, like especially for week zero, which is probably kind of warranted, especially the way some of those games went. But some of these for, for week one, I'm, I'm pumped about, like really pumped about. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think even the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I mean like every day through Monday has a good game at least. So I'm yeah. fired up about it. We're going to spend the majority of the time today breaking down the biggest games, some games that maybe we think are good bets. We're going to give you some locks of the week. Let's, should we just dive in? Let's do it. All right. Let's start with um, an interesting game on Thursday, in my opinion, in the ACC. It's NC State at UConn. Plus four. <laughs> UConn. Uh, plus 14 and a half at home. Uh over the totals 47 it's on 730 yeah. on cbs network the reason why i put this in there is first off i'm excited to watch nc state they've got brendan armstrong who transferred in from virginia he was there for five years right and he was really good two years ago for virginia um like really good to the tune of almost 4500 yards 31 mm-hmm. touchdowns 10 picks that was under an old OC, Robert and I, who then went to Syracuse, his numbers fell off. Well, now Robert and I is the OC at NC state mm-hmm. and he transfers in familiar with him. NC state's always got a good defense, but UConn, like they were, they were a laughing stock. It was like UMass and UConn were like the two that are just like ridiculously bad last year. I don't know if people even paid attention to UConn. Probably not. Um, they made a bowl game last year. Dude. At one point, shout out Ghost Mike Toscano from from Twitter, our buddy the Milkman, big big UConn guy. This is the one I told you about. Who they had they had the got milk sign about him at the at the Final Four, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Great dude. Um, but I remember talking about this last year. At one point, and I'm not trying to discredit UConn because they did make a bowl, but right. at one point through like nine or 10, 11 games, when they were trying to when people were trying to go to bat for Michigan. And their um, their the strength schedule. of schedule, UConn yeah. was being used as a win on their schedule. That they'd be like, "Well, they beat UConn. Who's going to be bowl eligible?" And it was like, "Ugh." Yeah, well, Jeez. that's a yeah. 
I wouldn't necessarily say they're that good, but I yeah. will say for this year, you know, they, so last year they made it to a bowl. They won six games, the most since 2015. They bring in a transfer QB, um, Joe Fagano from Maine, who played mm-hmm. for the current OC at UConn when he was at Maine. And they feel like they can have a really expanded offense, especially in the the passing game. Last year, they, they were forced to play a true freshman at, at quarterback and, was mostly poor results and they still won yeah. six games. They have the strength of the team apparently is their O-line and their D-line, which you always love when you're betting an underdog. Mm-hmm. And um, even one of their right guards was a second team All-American uh, last year. First UConn player since 2010 to be an All-American. So yeah, it's a home game. Like Jim Moore has already come out and been like, we've got to get an amped crowd out here. This is a mm-hmm. chance to actually make a name for ourselves. And NC State has Notre Dame next week. So are you are you leaning towards something here? I'm gonna I'm gonna take UConn to cover. Okay. Um, I like that hook. It's 14 and a half. I think you see a sloppy, disjointed game, which a lot of week one games are. Um NC State never in danger of losing the game, but I think mm-hmm. they win something like 27 to 13, which would be a cover by that hook. So I'm going UConn in my first official pick of the season. I'm not touching that. Okay. Yeah, I would we are probably. like this. This pumps me up because we're already in in season mode where we're going into our first part of the recording, and you fucking surprise me with like. With by UConn. the way, first first big of the week. Let's go, UConn, NC State, not basketball. Um, that fires me up though. I, that's good, and like I know that our buddy Ghost Mike is gonna love that. We don't. We I don't know if we ever had UConn talk on here, and sure. and I and I kind of enjoyed it. Good. Um. One other game I want to... Like a finger in the... Go ahead. <laughs> well, there's actually two games, more games I want to circle in the ACC before we move to a, probably a better conference. Um, I just want to play a, a little sounder for you. Oh, boy. Coral Gables or... No, nope. Oxford, Ohio. Because you're around long. Bro, what? No, I just think... Uh, I think we'll... We'll show them uh, September 1st. I, I kind of cut that off, so let me play the beginning. The real Miami is where? Old Gables or no, Oxford? Oxford, Ohio. There you go. That is the sound of Brett Gabbert, who is the quarterback of Miami of Ohio. They play Miami of Florida at Miami of Florida this Friday, 7 p.m. ACC Network. Miami is 16.5-point favorite. Yeah, Miami, Miami coming off a disappointing season. They got a lot to prove this year. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, all the offseason stuff, him nearly transferring. He had a really bad injury season last year. Um, I think he's actually questionable for this game. Mm-hmm. So, um, look, Miami, they've made, they remade their O-line in the offseason. They got a lot of transfers in, including Javion Cohen from Bama. Um, but I like Miami of Ohio. They made a bowl last year. Um, <laughs> they, they got a really good Christian like Tyler pushing his own fucking agenda to start this entire pod. Hey, listen, bottom line, if Tyler Van Dyke doesn't go in this game, I like my yeah. uh, to, to at least cover. All right. 16 um, and a half. 16 and a half. Yep. And I'm going to go over 45 and a half as well on the total. Again, not touching this game. This will be this will be a new segment we can do though, and we can just talk My about sadness. Pick? Say what? 
my spiteful picks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who's um, angrier? Who's who's more spiteful than Tyler? Who's more sad, who's sadder than Marler? Yeah. Um, Marler's not that sad though. Um, yeah, here's here's something that's new that we could talk about. How about this? You you want to talk about um, some of the the games? Like like one of the things that ESPN has when you bring up those like their those games, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Wake Forest, another team from the ACC. They they have the tickets as low as the get in price of the games. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's you, that's gotta be sad. That Elon Wake Forest matchup on a Thursday. Eight bucks. <laughs> Kent State UCF four bucks. Couldn't um, find a meter. Here's four bucks. Yeah. The Miami. I'm not even seeing. Hold on. I just saw it. Where the hell did it go? Miami. Uh, Miami be and, a raucous crowd of about eight thousand down there for that game. Yeah, it's on Friday, so it's it's Miami's favored by sixteen and a half. Like you said, tickets as low as six dollars for the Battle of Miami's. Listen, and if we're gonna do a Battle of Miami's, what I want to see instead is like a beer Olympics, but with cocaine. And I want to see both sides. Like I'm sure they they party a little bit up there in what was it Gettysburg, Miami, Ohio? Ohio. Uh, yeah, where is that? Oxford, Ohio. Okay. It's one of the few cities in the uh in Ohio or Pennsylvania. I feel like there's an end with a bird of some sort. Um anyway, I I'm not gonna touch this game. I I'm also not gonna bet against Miami if I did touch it. I feel like okay. like just don't poke the bear. Like, what are you doing? That's what that's what makes me want to be like they it feels like they have a lot of confidence up there in Oxford. They went six and seven last year in the match. Listen, I would like, I would love to see at some point, if we're in this day and age where Miami is, is they're having a battle of Miamis, or if they're doing like Bama's going to South Florida, like I would love to see the Miami Hurricanes go up to fucking Oxford, Ohio on a Tuesday night in like late October for some action. I'd be all on board for that. After just having played a game on Saturday. Like right, two days right. <laughs> Bishop Sycamore. By the way, have you seen the Bishop Sycamore doc? No, I tried, you know, I was I was out of town. I tried to download it on my HBO app. I thought I did. Yeah. And then I got on the plane and was like, no downloads. So I was going to watch it. I still will, but I haven't done it yet. That guy is out of his fucking mind. <laughs> um, the only other ACC game I want to talk about, maybe you have a pick on this game, is a Monday night game. Yeah. 8 p.m. on ESPN. Number nine, Clemson at Duke, which is an interesting, you know, Wallace Wade Stadium there in Durham, North Carolina. Duke is plus 13 currently at home. Um, Listen, we did the ACC preview. We had our guest on. A lot of hype about Duke coming off of last year. Um, They've got, I'd say, one of the top QBs in the draft coming up. uh, Yep, Ryan Tackles. They won nine games in Mike Elko's first year. Um, do you have a pick on this? Because I feel like I've been making all the picks because I'm picking obscure ACC games. But yeah, I don't know why we just had to open up week one with all well, the we're, obscure we're, ACC we're, we're gonna make, we're gonna listen. You got to listen yeah. to the whole pod to get the best picks, right? I mean, that's true. That's true. We got analytics to study now. And your boy team. went six and two to start the start the year. So and that's what we love. That's why people tune in. That is why people tune in. If you, we're already on a Peter, we are already on a Peter. And we're not even into the actual digits yet. Um, no. So I'm not going to – most likely not going to touch this game. I'll see how the, the the weekend goes for me, okay? Like if I'm like up and I'm riding like a, like a little bit high, like, yeah, man, I might touch some stuff here. Um, <laughs> that sounds weird. weird. Um, but because the line's only 13. Here's the thing. 
Clemson and Duke. I, I can't wait to see what the offense looks like. I've talked about this with a couple of teams, I think, with Chris Gordon the other day that I, that I really expect to come out hot. There's three teams now that I can think of right off the top that I think are going to come out hot because they have to. to for, for momentum from, like, the team, from the fans, for, like, the program, like, to, like, let's keep the optics up, let's keep the optimism up, let's keep the vibes up, however the fuck you want to put it. Clemson's on there. Tennessee, Kentucky, Clemson, those are three teams I think that are going to want to come out and start off hot because they have a new OC for two of those teams, including Clemson. Let's face it, like Clemson should walk all over Duke. 13 yeah. points is not a crazy spread, right? I think a lot of us probably would have assumed it was probably more than that. Uh, I would love to see what it looks like in the first half, first quarter. I, I would take Clemson to cover 13 here because I think they need to prove a point. Um, but Duke is a team that won nine games last year. They have one of the best quarterbacks. He was like 50 yards short um, of, of 3,000 yards last year passing. They got a left tackle correcting his blind side that is going to be a, a first round pick in the NFL draft. Um, Mike Oko is a phenomenal D coordinator at at uh, at A and M. Let's not forget he was the D coordinator that was in charge of, of playing again or, or coaching against Clemson when they had those two really close games, especially the one in College Station a couple years back um, against A and M. So I'm taking I would take Clemson to cover. This is going to be a game I think it's closer in the first half than people think, but like. I'm excited to see what – I mean, because I think that Duke has got an offense. they got yeah. a little bit of an offense. And I think that Clemson I, – I think this is a game where Clemson wins in, like, the same way that we saw, like, those early Clemson years where they're like, all right, you know, it might be, I don't know, 17-7 to 7 at the half. And then you look right. up at the end of the game and it's 35-10. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Here's my thing on Duke. They didn't face one ranked opponent last year. Right. So now, granted, nine wins for Duke is still great, but it's not like they were beating world beaters. They didn't play Clemson. They didn't play Florida State. Yeah. Um, Clemson has been king of the conference. They bring in the top OC out there um, that I guess was legitimately available. Um, they get a first full season under Cade Klubnik. When and whatever happened between DJU and Clemson, like DJU's come out and, and basically blamed Clemson for his struggles. And maybe he's right because they moved on from the OC as well. But mm-hmm. it's a completely new regime. I think a more talented QB. I want to. I'm interested to see my my pick on the game is actually going to be under the 55. Okay. Um, because I like Clemson's D pretty much yeah. any year, and Elko is a is a great defensive mind. So I think in a in a first game, maybe both teams are a little conservative. I think Clemson has tended to be in these games kind of conservative. Um. I'm just interested to watch the game to see if there's any playmakers on Clemson's team outside of Will Shipley. Right, right. And is he a playmaker? I mean, yeah. There's not a there's not a less aesthetically pleasing playmaker in the country than Will Shipley. He he looks like. Well, we're not gonna get into it. He he looks like every every like seventh grade running back I played with at Parkview that that hit a growth spurt too soon. <laughs> and then just never never grew after that never grew after that so yeah. my so my official pick on the game is under the 55 and a half but i think clemson wins likely cover um let's move on to another conference please. okay yeah i don't know why we opened with the acc unless we're doing this alphabetically let's get let's go back to thursday and let's do this chronologically and i'll 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 take over here for a second because there's a couple uh-huh. things that we are we talk about betting on here make sure you guys are betting Make sure you are betting responsibly more than anything. You don't want to end up like Uncle Chris. Um, 
or you do because your boy was on fire last year and he also was on fire this week. So bet responsibly with the picks that we're going to give you because, like I said, we're off to a phenomenal start. We're off to a phenomenal start. Um, okay. All right, so here you go. Thursday night, here's some of the things that caught my eye. UCF playing Kent State. Don't want to touch this game necessarily. It's a 35.5-point spread. It's being played in the bounce house. Tickets are $4.00. The uh, prop bet for John Rice Plumley passing touchdowns was only one and a half. That's like the only prop bet I really, really liked from Thursday night. Um, however, there's like an 80% chance of rain tomorrow night. So it's going to be a slop fest down there in the bounce house. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, there's a hurricane. I don't know how hurricanes work or obviously credit scores, but I, th I think that both are going to be um, a factor for me this year uh, going into the season. I think the, like the first month is going to be miserable, dude. There, there's like, there's, it's, I'm, I'm currently in Columbia, South Carolina. It's overcast as shit here. Obviously, it was like bad weather in Atlanta all weekend. Like, it feels like everybody's feeling the effects of this thing. Mm -hmm. Orlando, obviously, is, is probably closer to this. But 80% chance of rain, maybe, like, I don't see him throwing the football as much, right? Like, I mean, just, it's yeah. just, again, slop fest. All right, moving on from UCF. You already went over the barn burner and up there in Yukon, East Hartford, Connecticut. Um, here's one that's like, kind of interesting I, I i'll throw i'll throw these people a bone because it's an sec team and we have some loyal listeners that are mizzou fans mizzou south dakota first and foremost i say it every year i'll say it again we only need one dakota we need to fucking put an end to this i think it's something like like that and and um what's it called daylight savings or, time or the dakotas one should split off to claim its own territory and then it'd be like almost like a north korea south korea thing where one's like real crazy and one's you know, the world respects. No, we just need one fucking okay. Dakota. So you just, okay, that's fine. I'm a unifier. Okay. That's All right. Um, Mizzou is playing South Dakota, not South Dakota state, which I didn't know needed clarification because that apparently would make it somehow worse uh, or better of game, but South Dakota non-state, just the actual state itself. Mizzou opens up with, here's what I want to see from Mizzou. I want to see what the quarterback situation looks like. Um, Listen, they, the, the freshman kid that we haven't even talked about on this podcast, it was brought to my attention how bad of a job we did with this from my buddy Jeff. Um, you talk about the quarterback that was coming out of Collins Hill, right? Yeah. Travis Hunter's quarterback. Yep. Last name Horn? Yeah, Sam Horn. Sam Horn. Horrible name. Yeah. Horrible name. Sounds like a fucking character from a Berenstein Bears novel. But Sam Horn... Is, I'm not those novels per se. <laughs> story, perhaps. <laughs> very true. Very true. Sam Sam Horn throws 98 off the mound. Yeah. I'm taking a sip of my delicious Celsius. Sam Horn throws 98 off the mound. Like you could hand the reins over to that kid and you probably give up a game that you don't want to give up this year. But it's interesting to see how they're going to handle the quarterback situation with Eli Drinkwitz in a year where he. Kind of needs to win. Kind of eight wins would do wonders for him, um, and I think they have the talent to do it. They're they're picking up a lot of steam in the recruiting trail as well. Here's another one: Nebraska, Minnesota. Not going to touch it. Minnesota seven point favorite. I'm excited to see what Nebraska looks like. I'm excited to see what Jeff Sims looks like. Horrible news this week, obviously out of out of um, what do you call it, Lincoln or wherever the fuck Nebraska oh is located. Uh, about Eric Gilbert and just you know we're not going to get into it. We don't know all the details, but mental health is a very real thing, and it's a crisis plaguing plaguing the country that's all i'll say about that let's get into the one that matters and i can't believe we've talked for 20 minutes without getting into this wait wait wait. i do want to i have a pick on the minnesota game Jesus 
I mean, I think there's some intrigue there, right? There is, yeah. yeah. Matt Rule's era starts. Nebraska's fourth head coach in the last decade. Turnaround machine. That yeah. is Matt Rule. Um, I like Jeff Sims. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think playing at Georgia Tech probably hurt him more than anything. I think right. he's a decent option at quarterback. Um, Minnesota coming off a 9-4 campaign. They got the Greek gunslinger at QB. Ethan Kaliakamanis. You know about him, Chris? I do not. I love Chris though. He did play last year, and he Mm. threw for almost 1,000 yards and started five games when Tanner Morgan went down. Um, Defense was a top-10 unit last year. Uh, Matt Rule, successful turnarounds at Baylor, but year one's usually not great. And I think it's a home game for Minnesota, night game on a Thursday. I'm going to take Minnesota to cover the minus seven. Okay, I like that. Um, All right. The big one in Salt Lake City. Not a good off season for the state of Utah. Not oh, yeah. a good off season. Outside of Zach Wilson, not a lot of positives to come from the state of Mormons. Book of Mormon's still strong on, on Broadway, I believe. But um not a lot. Of you keeping up with the Broadway scene these days? I, I mean I like I like Book of Mormon. It's really funny. Have you ever seen Book of Mormon? I haven't. It's wildly inappropriate, but it's very, very funny. It kind of pokes holes into the entire uh, Mormon faith, which I'm always, always on board for. But anyway, um, so the state okay, of Utah. I don't any more Mormon listeners. <laughs> I hope not. Um, listen, if you are a Mormon listener and you have sister wives, like throw some this way. What are we fucking doing over there? Like, this is craziness. Like, obviously, I okay. We'll get into this one. Tough time, Mormon talk. Stop being so selfish, Mormons. I mean, you can't, you can't hoard wives. It's ridiculous. Um, all right, Florida and Utah. Here's your line. Are you fucking ready for this? This has been like watching like the economy and, and just on a daily basis. Like, it, have you seen the the line plummet? Yeah, it's what minus four now for Utah. Four. It was at ten when I started doing interviews today. Today? Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. No. Maybe yesterday. It was. <laughs> it was six and a half though. I think yesterday, and mm-hmm. it opened at ten. So it's very much moved in the favor of Florida, and I think a lot right. of that has to do with Cam Rising. But six points is a and lot. He's not, he's not worth six points, so there's more to it than that. Listen, Cam, if you're listening, you're worth Cam, I mean, look, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, whatever you think you're worth, buddy. I mean, keep your head up. Keep your chin up. I'm sorry for Tyler. You can do anything. He's his new shirt from Roback, and he's being like, like, all sorts of an alpha douchebag. You can do anything you want in this country. You can make one Dakota, and you. I can say that you're worth six points, and maybe you're worth seven. I don't know. I, what I if we just got that. a third Dakota? What if we just did that? What if every state just became like Georgia, <laughs> Dakota? Just name all the conferences when they get, when they get down to three to four. Just they're all some sort of Dakota. I'd be down for that. That'd be fine. Yeah. All right, Florida, Utah. I know our Florida fans and listeners, if we still have them after this off season, um, are waiting with bated breath. I love this pendulum swing of optimism that's happening for Florida right now, and it has been. It's From a, a lot like What's that? What do you love it for from a gambling standpoint? Let me just fucking talk for a second, okay? I'm just <laughs> so, I'm, all I'm saying is I love the pendulum swing of optimism. I know you hate it because you're negative, um, but also you are, yeah. When it comes to Florida, yeah, I mean, I, I, just, you're, I mean, a hater, yeah. Anyway, well, you are kind of a hater about Florida, but anyway, um, Florida. 
going to Salt Lake City at Rice Eccles Stadium. Sounds like the worst snack ever. Um, I love this pendulum swing of optimism. Like I said, it's them and Bama for the last week, for whatever reason, have gotten this like late kick and resurgence of of hope and optimism. And I get it from Bama's standpoint. I don't get it as much as Florida's standpoint. But like we say every fucking year, this will be the first time we say it in this 2023 season. They didn't build these billion dollar massive hotels in the middle of the desert off of losing. Vegas always does something. And a six-point swing in one week is a ton. Dogs say hello. Oh, hello, dogs. Um yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll give you my my breakdown here. It's a revenge game for Utah. Obviously, last year they lose 32 to 29. And what was an upset, not only in Vegas, but I think most people had Florida pegged in that game. Uh, Florida returns only eight starters this year. They bring in Graham Mertz. There's actually, I think some of the optimism on Florida has been the optimism surrounding Graham Mertz in camp, which I'm not going to take too much stock into that because I think he had a lot of hype in camp at Wisconsin in most years as well. So um, I don't really buy in on Graham Mertz yet. We'll see. But I love Florida's run game. Um, last year against Utah, just in that game, they had 531 rushing yards. Granted, that was right. with Anthony Richardson, and he had a lot to do with that. But I love Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne. Um, they give you proven production, proven consistency, a great run game. Um, last year in this game, Utah missed 29 tackles, and Kyle Winningham definitely specifically mentioned that and said they've been working on that in the camp leading up to this game. So we'll see if they get it fixed. Uh, for me, man, like Cam Rising, like I did say, you know, he's not worth six points. I agree with that, but obviously you'd rather have him. Um, last year, Rising was good in this game. If they have him, which I don't think they're going to, I think that is part of what has happened here. Um, I would probably take Utah if he played, but because yeah. I don't think he will, and I think that a run game always travels. I don't know what Florida's defense is going to look like. I think they can keep it within the number. I will say in the last two years, only one team has come within 10 points of Utah at home. Yeah. And that was USC last year, which is a really good offense. And they still lost the game. Um, so you know what? I'm actually going to go back on it. I'm going to say Utah minus four. <laughs> so Utah money line is – I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now. I would, I would bet – a substantial amount on that. I think I don't that's love really the number. Good. I don't love that number of four. Right. I don't either, but I do think that they like like you said, you put it out a couple weeks ago. Like you're talking about a team that had, let's see here. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up right now. The money line is minus 198. Yeah, we'll put that in as a lock. That is that is a lock. If you want to just put you down 100 to 150. What's that? What was the number? 198. Minus 198 for the okay. money line. Um, and also you're only getting plus 164 for for Florida, which I think speaks volumes to the point like where you know, maybe Vegas still knows something because the odds aren't crazy good in your favor. At the same time, like, man, minus 198, like, that's that's worth it. I think, like, the juice is, is probably worth the squeeze there. Um, I think looking at what Utah does, I was on I was on radio this morning for on Sirius, the SEC this morning, and I talked to Dari Noka and Ian Fitzsimmons. I've never talked to Ian Fitzsimmons before. He was great. Um, got along with him very well. It was a lot of fun. He brought up the point that he's been friends with Kyle Whittingham for about 20 years. Talking with Kyle Whittingham this offseason, he said, it sounds like from the tone of his voice, 
that Cam Rising is not going to play. And that's going to be tough, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like you have said before, outside of COVID, they haven't lost a game at home since 2018. Then you talk about what he also said, which is scary, is that this might be the best defensive team Utah's had under Kyle Whittingham since he's been there. And that should scare people because that is a team I've said it before. It's, it's built. So it might like, it's not even just out West in the PAC 12. There might not be a team West of the Mississippi that is built like an sec team as much as Utah is year in and year out. They, they are like this baseline, like built from the inside out, built in the trenches, just have a very physical, physical nature to the way they play football. And then you talk about also with um with what like like they've done there, it, it has like a lot of the vibes of like what LSU did in the, the start of the 21st century, which is I mean they went like 20 straight years and they had eight wins or more. And I, I don't know the numbers in front of me, and I'm, I'm sure they haven't done that because LSU's the only team to have done that. But Utah is one of the most consistently good teams we've seen over the last decade plus. Um, and they're always a really good, really good team, I think, like especially with the with their head coach. So I'm gonna take Utah money line in this game. I think Utah wins, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game that goes into the fourth, especially if, if Florida gets gets um, lucky enough to where Rising isn't able to play. And I will say this, from a positive standpoint from Florida, there's a reason why the line is plummeting, and there's a reason why people are starting to get more positive about them. And I think that Napier, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see this where it's like, well, Napier knows what he's had the whole time, and we've all been wrong. Because this is a team we've been wrong about them for several times in the last couple of years. You were on here with when we had the interview with Chris Dorian a couple of years ago, and he's like, well, you didn't believe in Florida in 2020. You didn't believe in 2019. You didn't believe in 2018. They were a New Year's Six Bowl team every single one of those years. Like, this is a team that it, it, it's weird to say because it's Florida, but they constantly overachieve from what our expectations are because we just keep putting the expectations lower and lower for some reason. So we'll see how it goes. I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Let's get to Friday. What do we have on That's Friday? Point. I do want to say one thing if people are still waiting to bet to see if Cam Rising plays. Um, one thing that can't be discounted is if Whittingham has known, because remember, it's not like this was a recent injury. Cam Rising tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl last year. Yeah. So they have known that it was going to be a possibility he wasn't going to play. You've had all offseason to get whoever your guy is reps and ready for this game. It's not like a last minute, hey, the backup's going to have to play this week. So that does that does help Utah in that favor as well. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's breeze through Friday. I don't give a shit about Michigan State and Central Michigan. Might be good to jump on Michigan State. They're their 14-point favor, but I'm not touching that. You already brought the Miami game. Kansas. Playing Missouri State, tickets as low as twenty six dollars. Tyler, what if I told you that, that that was the second highest ticket price of anyone on the Friday night action? You know who is third? Who? The only game I'll watch: Georgia okay. Tech, Louisville. Motherfucker, they're playing this game at Mercedes Benz. Excuse my language. They're playing this game at Mercedes Benz instead of Bobby Dodd. Yes, that is correct. That sucks. That does suck. Um, that's not really a neutral game site that I would look at and be like, yeah, I'm real excited to go to that game. So the not sure why they're there. Game. Ooh, yikes. Uh, Louisville, seven and a half point favorite. There's some things to watch in this game I think that are exciting. Okay. Your full year one, Brent Key. Yep. Full year one of Brom at Louisville, right? You never Two want to go full Brent Key, though, do you? Huh? You never want to go full Brent Key. You never want to go full Brent Key. 
you are really high on Brom in Louisville this year, which I, I kind of like. They have they have a, a lot working for them going into the season. I'm excited to see what Haynes King looks like in a new uniform. See if it's just as bad as it was a year ago or if it's gotten better. They've got a couple of pieces over there that can be fun to watch at Tech. And you know I love – they're playing this game like – it's literally less than a mile from Bobby Dodd. This is so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to stay and get into this game too much or any of these games on Friday night. That this, is is my lock. this is my lock of the week. Oh, okay. Minus seven and a half. Louisville. You want to buy the hook? Mm, yeah, probably would, depending okay. on the cost. But I just uh, – Georgia Tech is not very talented. They lost a bunch of transfers off the team. Um, to like some of their best players transferred out. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I really like Haynes King as a quarterback. I've never seen anything from him. That's Game of Thrones. Um, and Louisville, like I like Brown, like I said, and he got Jack Plummer to transfer in who he has. I mean, they've worked together at Purdue. So mm-hmm. you would think that they would pick that up quickly. And this is kind of, I don't know if this is like a well-known thing, but Louisville is actually very good in the NIL game, so they actually have some pretty decent talent on the roster. Yeah. So, for me, I, I just Georgia Tech doesn't travel well, anyways. I mean, like at home games, they're not really traveling, but I don't think right. they're going to get a packed Georgia Tech crowd. So, I like Louisville in this game. This is my lock of the week. Okay. Hmm. Let's get into the Saturday slates before we get into some of the stuff we've already talked about. Clemson, so we've already covered the Monday slate. Um, we'll obviously close with the game of the week. That is your Florida State Seminoles against LSU on Sunday. But let's get into Saturday a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to go in order from from the noon kicks. Don't give a shit about Michigan, East Carolina. Um, it will be interesting a little bit to see if like Corum looks healthy again. East Carolina was a team that, that I feel like put up some points last year. Maybe they were awful. I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. Here, here's your 12 o'clock slate, though. Are you ready for this? Here's what I'm looking for, at least, from the 12 o'clock slate. Uh, a lot of games on. Um, Kentucky Ball State, I think it's a team that's going to want to get out to an early lead and a and like show what they have at offense. I what I'm I'm going to look at what the first quarter and first half lines are for Kentucky. They were abysmal in the first half a year ago. Only averaged seven point eight points per game in the first half of games. I think that changes this year, so that'll be interesting. Um, TCU Colorado. Hope yeah. TCU wins by a fucking thousand. I'm so over yeah. hearing about Dion. I like I he took a shot at your alma mater. I want to hear your thoughts on that when he said that he graduated from HBCU. So yeah, I, I don't know what Florida State did to him that was that he's so mad about. He's he he got mad that we hired Norvell over him. That, I mean that was that was what was being talked about behind the scenes is he was part of his whole plan was to take Travis Hunter and then take Cormani McLean and take all these top picks and then be like, This is what I could have done for you. And hopefully Norvell was going to have a bad thing and he was going to parlay the job. That was like the rumor. And I, I think that there was maybe some credibility to it. I, I think yeah. he was slighted. Like we interviewed him when we when we interviewed uh, Norvell, but it was more so as a – I don't know that it was that official. And I think he felt that way too. And I think that's where it comes from. But yeah. he's just yeah. being an, an ass, man. I mean – and yeah, I agree he is. He's an ass man, huh? Yeah, he is an ass man. Um, Not me. Go go back to when Derwin James was um, drafted and he interviewed him and he's like, yeah, we the Knowles. Like he was playing it up then. He, you know, he's right. he's it. Anyways, uh, a chameleon. I mean, he is. what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah. Also, 
he made another comment this week too that I, that we should talk about real quick where it was he was talking about how culture and how dumb the phrase culture is and how unimportant it is and he doesn't believe in it because it's the whole thing is he's like I, they kept talking about the jackson state like culture 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 this culture that like like what is what is this what does this even mean like the, like the, the culture trying to make he's like whoever has the best players wins and i was like that is a slippery slope my man yeah uh, that's ultimately how why I think he won't have a ton of success at this level. Yeah, because that is his mindset, right? It's like yeah. so. This one's hard to say because Colorado was abysmal last year, one and eleven, mm-hmm. worst defense in the country. They only have ten of the eighty-four scholarship players that were on last year's team in the program. Seven on yeah. offense three on defense. You could say it's a good thing, I guess, if they're that bad. But according to Buff Zone, there are 114 players in the program, and including walk-ons, and 86 of them are in their first season at Colorado. That's so there's really, there's really no way to know what's going to happen. Obviously, Dion's son is the QB. He put up great numbers at Jackson State, as he should have, I would think, at an FBS-level player playing at the FCS yeah. level. Um I think TCU, I like TCU, what Sonny Dykes has done there. They got Kendall Bryles now. People forget Chandler Morris, quarterback, won the job last year over Duggan, but then he got hurt, mm-hmm. and that and Duggan started his thing. So, um, you know, Sonny Dykes has talked about being a program and not being a one-season team, and so I think yeah. they're going to be really focused. They're probably more sick of hearing about Dion than we are. Yeah, this just saying a lot. And it's a home game. I'm going TCU big, cover the 20 and a half. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'll bet on it yet, but I could see me pulling the trigger late. I'll, I'll get into my locks of the week and it's another 12 o'clock game. It's Tennessee, Virginia. Virginia is a team that is going through shit that no one else in the country is going through. Um, the shooting they had last year on campus, a lot of people left is a horrific, horrific tragedy. Um, they're a team that's, that's going to be very bad. They're going to be a very bad football team. And I, I think this is the worst possible team to run into week week zero i i think that playing tennessee for virginia is worse than playing georgia or Bama because there's this is a team i said it earlier but some of those other players or some of those other teams like kentucky and, and clemson i believe it for tennessee more than anybody there's nobody that wants to shut up the critics more and and prove like you know we're not going to miss a beat like I, we lost hypo we lost all this talent for the nfl draft receiver but we're not going to miss a beat we're the number one scoring office in the country a year ago um we're going to be they're going to swing offense again. I got a quarterback can throw it out of the fucking stadium um, and just watch us work because they're only a 28 point favorite. And then the, the over-under is at 56. So you're basically talking about 42 to 14 is what the, the odds are being projected here at. Um, Tennessee is going to be improved on defense. I would assume Virginia is just bad all around. Like, I don't think yeah. that they have like, like in, and I'll tell you where I would bet this. It's not, a good bet financially to make this bet, but I think it's free money. So I'll throw it out there. Tennessee to score first. Okay. Okay. It's like minus 540 time. It's it's such a bad bet. But all the dogs say hello. Um, but that being said, it is it's they scored a first in 11 of their 13 games a year ago. Um I'm looking at this like I look at everything from uh, from my betting standpoint, which is first quarter, first half. Tennessee is a 16 and a half point favorite in the first half. I'm taking that. Tennessee is 
minus seven and a half in the first quarter. I'm probably going to end up taking that. Um, and then Tennessee over under in the first quarter is 12 and a half. The first half is a lock. Uh, the over under the first, the over under at 12 and a half, I feel like is, is my second favorite bet. Is that, they, a, is that a team total? No, no, it's, it's, it's combined. Because the team total is 10 and a half, and I love that number too. Yeah, hell yeah. Jump on that too then. In the first, first quarter? Total. Yeah. Yeah, so that that is – that they scored – there was a combined 12.5 points or more in 11 of their 13 games a year ago. There was an average of 16.4 total points scored in the first quarter of their games in the 2022 season. I mean, there's games you look at. They were up 21-7 on Bama in the in the first quarter. They, they were up 13-0 at LSU. Um there's a lot of games. There's and there's a lot like you know they they, they didn't score first against Pitt. They were down ten to nothing, I think, in the first. Uh, or, I'm sorry, they were down. I can't do the math on it. Maybe ten to seven, but they were down at one point ten to nothing in the first quarter of that game. Um, there's several. I think like Kentucky, that was like seven to six in the first quarter. That still gets you the over. Um, and and that's a game they won forty four to six. Tennessee last year in the first half of games was the number one scoring offense in the first half. They averaged 23.8 points per game in the first half of games. They actually averaged 28.8 in home games. This game is in Nashville. It's basically going to be a home game. So 23.8 overall, 28.8 at home. Virginia, on the other hand, averaged 6.3 points per game in the first half of games last year, which ranked 128th out of 131 teams. My lock of the week, Tennessee minus 16.5 in the first half. Over 12 and a half total in the first quarter as well. I think if you want to get spicy, and we know we love our Texas Pete here, they're going to score first. They're going to score first. But also, you don't want to like lose like, yeah, a shit ton of money just $500. Just on lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. $120 uh, is like, is that bad? I, my pick, my pick surrounding the game all had to do with Tennessee team totals. Yeah, uh, because I agree with everything you said, and I think they're going to leave Milton in to give him confidence as well. Yeah, so I like the team total over 41 and a half. Mm-hmm. I like the first half total over 23 and a half, and I love your stat that they averaged 28 and a half last year. Yeah. Um, and I love the Tennessee first quarter over uh, 10 and a half. So all team totals for my bets in this game. 28 is yeah. a big spread. I think they'll probably cover it, but... I do too. So let me ask you this though: Have you seen a Joe Joe Milton prop? Because I haven't seen one yet. I have not. I haven't looked for one though. It has to be around three and a half, and I, I would take that. I, like Gordy and I talked about this on Monday and a little bit on his podcast yesterday. I I wouldn't be surprised if this is a situation where it's like, let's get the Joe Milton era in quotes, which is only going to be one season, but let's get the Joe Milton era off to a fast start. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if he had a bunch of touchdowns. The other thing is this though. Like why I think they cover the twenty eight and they're not going to let their fucking feet or foot off the gas. Nico is going to get brought in. They're not going to stop the offense. You saw what they did last year against Mizzou. They're not going to let their take their foot off and like like I mean that, that game against Mizzou I think it was like sixty three to thirty or sixty three to twenty eight or something like that. And it was like they just kept throwing and kept throwing and kept throwing. I think that's what they'll end up doing here too. Like it. All right, moving on. I'm just going through. Uh, Here's one at 3.30 that could be a little bit interesting. Not for anything that's going to happen on the field. I'll watch it. Ohio State, Indiana. Ohio State on the road at Indiana. They announced that Kyle McCord is going to be their starter. Here's the deal, okay? What's the other kid's name? Devin what? Brown. Devin Brown. If you're listening, which I know you are, you're a big fan of the pod. Who isn't? 
You did this to yourself, bro. You don't fucking show up to camp wearing number 33 like your dad handed you down some fucking old raggedy Larry Bird jersey and told you to go hoop it up with the local crew. This is a that's a ridiculous move. You lost on that alone and no one feels bad for you. Well, besides your family, probably. Sorry to them. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what this offense looks like. How much time do both kids get? Uh, you don't really get tested until you have Notre Dame. But it'll be interesting to see like how they look. I'm going to stay away from, from this to an extent. I'm going to look and see what the first half betting is on it. Um, but for the most part, I'm probably going to stay away from this because I think that like I, I don't see it uh, – necessarily being like worth like the full game of 30 points is, is odd the reason why it's odd in my opinion is because it's going to be on cbs dude the game's on cbs a national game mm-hmm. oh, that's a high state it's on cbs gary and brett nestler gary and, and and brad nestler are gonna call ohio state is, at is indiana is it is the SEC done with CBS starting this year? No, it's next year, but they, they have like a couple they're working in apparently. Okay. Yeah. I don't, um, not, I don't a 3.30 like game I like uh, on ABC is Boise State at number 10 Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, 14 and a half point spread, 58 and a half total. Um, obviously, Washington is, is kind of a darling team from last year. I mean, and Kalen DeBoer is a really good coach. They went 11 2 last year. They had the number two ranked offense in the country, beat Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Um, they have a Heisman Trophy contender, um, a, a wide receiver, and a, an edge rusher that are preseason All Americans. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of hype around Washington. Um, but I do like Boise State this year. They were 10 and 4 last year. Um, they're favored to win the Mountain West. Um, I really like they've got a, a two-headed monster at running back, and I think they, they're going to play a little ball control to keep the offense off the field for for Washington. And I think I've heard this talked about, and I think I agree with it. The new rules with the moving clock, you know, after first downs, I think helps when underdog teams who run the ball really well are trying to play that ball control game. Yeah. To, to, cover these you know larger spreads this one's 14 and a half so i'm gonna take boise state to control or to uh to cover the 14 and a half okay that'll be interesting i think i think that like you also have the tie-in from you know what's his name devore being like the old head coach there which i which i love um we'll see how it goes i, I think it'll be interesting either way all right keep yeah. going here texas at rice i'm not gonna watch wisconsin i might peep in there to see what it looks like with that the new office coordinator for longo you guys have heard me talk about it enough this offseason that could be interesting don't give a shit about USC. Um, still scrolling, still scrolling. We are now in the seven o'clock hour on on my uh, schedule here. Um, I'm going to skip over a New Mexico. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see what Wegman looks like. I, I think I'm looking at the first half lines, and it's it's 23 and a half, which is just way too much for me with what we saw last year with AM. and um, You know, made like. I think that defense is going to be salty, uh, so that could be kind of fun to to watch. Um, they're a thirty eight and they're a thirty eight point favorite, and the, the over is only forty nine, so not a lot of wiggle room there if you're New Mexico. Um, all right, here is what I'm also interested in. Okay, do we need? We don't need to talk about Georgia UT Martin, right? Right. Okay. Um, I can't see anything else in the schedule that makes me. I mean, North Carolina, South Carolina. 
I'm getting there. Seven thirty. Yeah. Um, um, UTSA and Houston at seven. I won't watch it, yeah. but I'm interested to see the outcome because UTSA on the road against a Big Twelve team, and they're a two point favorite. Yep. And Dana Holgerson is one of the coaches on the hot seat this mm-hmm. year to start the year. Yeah, Houston that and UTSA got Frank Harris back. They gave him a big NIL deal, and he was one of the more electrifying athletes out there last year. Yeah. So, I, I am interested in that game as well. Also, in the night slot, Penn State. I just want to see what they look like with yeah. um, Drew Lar. You know, West yeah. Virginia is going to be the dregs of the the Big Twelve, and they'll probably fire their coach midseason. But um, Penn State, I'm just I, I think that they could be a title contender this year if things go. Um, in the in the right direction, so I'm interested to watch them. Yeah, and I like I love them minus eleven and a half in the first half of that game because I think that um, hold on here I think that what do you call it? Uh, West Virginia was one of the worst first half teams. Well, really, one of the worst power five teams in the country a year ago. I don't think that that's a bad play at all there. Um, and I think Penn State also might cover the twenty and a half. I think Penn State is out to really prove a point this year. It's a team last year that we kind of slept on. They went ten and two. They they were really good, man. Like they they were really like look, like looking at their schedule real quick from a season ago. I I admittedly slept on this team because they lost at home to Ohio State. They got rocked by Michigan on the road. But you know they had this this opening game where they only went by four at Purdue. After that, dude, I mean, they they won every single game they played by double digits or more after that game. Like, you know, and then, they, and then they went to the Rose Bowl and, and just ho-hum beat the number eight team in the country, Utah, by 14. Yeah. Finished 11 and 2, you know, lost by 13, where they, they had a lead in the fourth quarter of that game against Ohio State. They lost 41 17 against Michigan. That's obviously a tough scene, a scene but Michigan's a, a, a playoff contender and made the playoff two years in a row. But, dude, I, I mean, I'm looking at this like they, they didn't play a lot of ranked teams, um, but, you know, they destroyed Auburn by 29. Uh, they, they, they weirdly enough only beat Northwestern by 10. Um, but in conference, man, you beat Minnesota by 28, you beat Indiana by 31, Maryland by 30. They, they blanked Maryland. They blanked Maryland's offense and held them to, to, to zero points, which is very tough to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like them to cover the 20 and a half. I love them to cover the, the 11 and a half, uh, in the first half as well. Let's get to seven 30. I'm going to give you just one bold prediction before we talk about the good game. Okay. Just one. Just, just indulge me. Okay. Jalen Milrow is going to start against, against Middle Tennessee state. Okay. Okay. Look at me, Tyler. Don't look away. Don't start laughing when they tee up that ball. Um, No, I'm kidding, but they're going to come out there. My bold take is this. He's going to do something that drops jaws like on Saturday that's going to wow a lot of people. I don't think no matter what he does, unless he throws like three interceptions, I'm not sold necessarily one way or the other, I think. But you're going to see both quarterbacks. I'll give you another hot take. I think Buckner is not – if they play three quarterbacks, Buckner's not the third one to come in. It's Dylan Lonergan instead of him. Um, But I think that Bama – the things I want to see from Bama – I want to see Jalen Milrow not throw an interception. I want to see him have one big break. I want to see them involve him in the offense. Like, it's one thing Bill O'Brien didn't do a good job of. You heard me bitch about it before, is um, 
I want to see him go on a run or have some sort of RPO run pass option where, where they use his legs. So Texas has to prepare for that. I, I want that to be a big part of their game plan, whether that happens in week two or not. The other thing I want to see is zero points allowed. I, I like, I think that has to be the standard. If they give up over seven, I'm going to be upset. I think they really need to go into this game like, and get a little bit back of that like Bama suffocating defense and that swagger on D. Now, moving on from that, South Carolina, North Carolina. Walk me through, Tyler, as somebody that's watched the ACC, tell me why UNC is still a two-and-a-half-point favorite here. I don't know. Um I mean, Drake May obviously is going to be the big reason. Um, you know, he's probably going to be the number one pick, if not, you know, that than the top five. Um, he was not only did he throw for forty three hundred yards and thirty eight touchdowns to only seven picks last year, but he also was the leading rusher on the team, almost seven hundred yards, another seven yeah. touchdowns. Um, I don't know why they're the favorites, though. I they they have not had a good defense in quite some time. And um, their number one playmaker that they planned on replacing Josh Downs with is Tez Walker, who's in this big NCAA waiver thing. And it, as of today, which is Wednesday, and I haven't really been on social media today, but I don't think he he, he has not been cleared. So that's a problem. Um, I don't love South Carolina's defense by any means, but that's, that's a big problem. I, I, I don't know what, we're going to get out of Spencer Rattler's receiving core this year. I mean, I like uh, Wells, obviously, but um, who else is going to step up? If anything, I, I think I like the over in this game, but I, I agree with you. I think South Carolina is going to win the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of my plays. I think it's a good pick. Um, now, here's the concern. If you're, if you're talking about, like, uh, Vegas always knows, this line hasn't moved. This line hasn't moved all offseason. And for a pretty big like marquee game to not move pepper pepper says hello guys um it's kind of surprising right like it hasn't moved at all and and it hasn't moved up two and a half not four not five and a half not seven and a half like hasn't moved up two and a half which is odd because you would think there'd be at least enough carolina people betting on them to cover the 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 two and a half i'm going to take the bait and i'm going to take carolina money line um here's the thing the, I think this entire, I think this entire line is made up because those jerseys in, in North Carolina is going to come out and are real pretty, and it's a recognizable brand, and they've got Drake May, who is going to be a bona fide top five pick in next year's NFL draft. Fantastic quarterback. Phil Longo is gone. They're OC. They don't have anybody to throw to necessarily that that has like that's been proven um, at at the receiver position. Like, and again, I'll repeat the first part I said, Phil Longo's gone. That defense, I don't think it can get worse, but I don't know how much better it's going to get if you're North Carolina. I mean, they were god-awful a year ago. They gave up almost 31 points per game. Now, if you're South Carolina, the keys to winning, I, I, I look at this and I think, I think despite what I see on 24-7 sports and the, the roster compilation of talent, um, I think that South Carolina is, is better and deeper than North Carolina. I think they're better at the skill positions in North Carolina. I hope Juice Wells is healthy, but even if he's not, I, I love what they have with the other guys they have on the offense. Spencer Rattler coming into his 18th year as a starter should hopefully do better about not turning the ball over. You look at some of the, the mistakes that Carolina made a lot last year in the year before. They were last in the conference in turnovers. They were, they were, I believe, like 126 in the country 
in turnovers um, nationally, right? There's two games out of the regular season, just two out of the 12 total regular season games they played a year ago where Spencer Rattler had more touchdowns and interceptions at the end of the game. Think about that. Can't do it. No. Cannot do it. Yeah. Like, I mean, like in year five or six, whatever it is. And I know they have a new OC as well, but I just love the juice from the South Carolina team coming into the season. I think that they're a better coach, which is, that sounds crazy because I know that Beamer is very young in his, his days of coaching. And Mac Brown is, is obviously who Mac Brown is, but I just don't trust Mac Brown's supporting cast. And I don't think that they have what they had a year ago and they won nine, 10 games. Um, you know, I, I think they're, I said it earlier on the sports up show. I think they're a facade of a contender um, going into the ACC this year. And I think that this, all of this hype is built around one player and that's Drake May. And I don't think Drake May, when he looks around in that locker room or that huddle has anywhere close to the weapons that even that South Carolina has. So I like South Carolina to win. I don't like South Carolina to win big. That line scares the shit out of me that it hasn't moved. Yeah. But I just, I mean, the defense, I don't think, even with how bad Carolina's defense has been, they're not worse than Carol- North Carolina's. The offense has a chance to be good, especially, like I said, for the third time now, Longo's gone, and you know the special teams are going to be better at South Carolina. So I don't know what I'm missing, what make me believe in North Carolina, but I like South Carolina in this one. I like them a lot. Good. Me too. Um, all right, that brings us to the game of the week. Uh, this game is on Sunday night, 7.30, ABC. Oh, by the way, before we get to that, one game I do uh, have interest in that night late on Saturday is the UCLA game, 10.30 against uh, Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Um, I like UNC, or I like UCLA in the game. They're, the, the spread is minus 14 and a half. Um, reason why I'm interested in that, I think they've, I think Chip Kelly is kind of, silently put together a pretty decent program out there. Yeah. Coastal Carolina last year was they they won their first six games and they went three and four down the stretch. And um Grace McCall was in and out of the lineup with injury. But they lost Jamie Chadwell, their head coach. They're completely switching from a spread option scheme to more of a pro style quick passing game. Um their defense was atrocious last year and they bring back the same DC, I want to say. Yeah. Um so I like UCLA in the game minus 14 and a half. And I like them uh, as a team total over 21 and a half in the first half. But I'm interested to see if um, Dante Moore, the the true freshman plays. I know Ethan He's not Garber. The starter, but yeah, that is a very yeah, good point. Know, yeah. And um, apparently the, the defense returns nine. And apparently it's supposed to be the best defense that Chip Kelly's had since he's been at UCLA. So, yeah. Um, um, but Sunday, let's get into the game of the week real quick. But hold on. Can we just talk about the slate on Sunday? Sure. I'm, there's nothing that would make me want to go to church more than Rutgers and Northwestern. My God. Yeah. Dude, Rutgers is only a six and a half point favorite. I, I made fun of this earlier about betting on it, but I might, I might lay the six and a half. Do you see, do you see the total? Ugh, 39 and a half. There's a three. I hate um, it. Yeah. So, game of the week, 7 30 that night. You got to sit through the Northwestern Rutgers and Oregon State San Jose State games mm-hmm. to get to the game of the week on ABC. Number five LSU versus number eight Florida State in Orlando. Uh, Florida State a two and a half point dog over under fifty six and a half. Uh, 
ton of star power in this game, man. I mean, you've got, I think these teams really mirror each other in a lot of ways too. Mm -hmm. Um, Both have returning senior QBs who are very dynamic dual threat QBs. Both have extremely explosive weapons at the pass rusher position and Harold Perkins, Jared verse. Both have starting D tackles that are not playing in the game because of stupid Mm -hmm. NCAA rules. Um, Both won 10 games last year. Last year's game came down as we all remember to the last play when Florida state blocked the extra point. Um, I, so here's my take on it and I'll I'll get yours. I think uh, this is very similar to the South Carolina UNC game. I think Florida state should be favored in this game. Um, they won last year and you could say it came down to the last kick because it did, but Florida state was the better team throughout the game. Um, I think Florida state has a coaching advantage and that might seem blasphemous, but, uh, Florida state played Notre Dame in 2020 when we only won three games and had our worst roster we've we've probably had in my lifetime yeah. and kept that game relatively close in South Bend. Then Notre Dame came down in 2021, same year that we lost to Jacksonville State, and that was the very next week, in fact, took Notre Dame to overtime with a vastly inferior roster and beat Kelly last year, which I think he had an inferior roster last year too. And the LSU still probably has a better overall roster, but... I think there's a lot of confidence in Tallahassee right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are more weapons on offense that Florida State has that you have to try and concern yourself with. You add Keon Coleman and Jaheim Bell this year through the transfer portal that I think are going to be two of the most talked about transfers in the country this year. They're added to Johnny Wilson and Trey Benson, who were already standouts last year. Um, what killed Florida State against LSU last year was Jaden Daniels breaking the pocket and running. That was pretty right. much the entire offense in that game, and they got better as the season, season went on, but Florida State's going to have to figure out how to stop that. And then they got to focus on Malik Neighbors, who's going to be one of the top receivers in the country. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that LSU has a ton outside of Neighbors that we know about yet. There's been some names that people say have some potential, um, but we haven't seen it yet. I think Florida State has more to worry about on offense. I think the defenses are probably similarly similar. Um, so I like Florida State in the game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be high scoring, a fun game to watch, just like last year. Um, but I'm going to take Florida State 38-34. You know, I love Florida State in this game, and the more I look at the roster, the more I love it. Just here's the deal. Like, I've said it over and over a year ago. A year ago. I Like, that game was not close. Florida State dominated that game. 74, 74% of LSU's total yardage in that game Came in the last three drives. Again, tip your cap, credit, have a um, give all them all the credit in the world for staying with it and, and not giving up and all that kind of stuff. Tremendous job, tremendous job in what do you call it? Um, in year one under Brian Kelly, tremendous job. However, I think that there's a little bit of a fabrication to how good that team was a year ago because of what I've said all offseason. They beat Bama, and they built a whole fucking resume off of it. I think that they're going to be really good. I, I, I know a lot of people think that Jaden Daniels is going to be great. It's like Again, this year, it's hard to replicate a 20-touchdown and three-interception season that he had a year ago, but maybe he does. I'm not even here to, to talk about that part of it. I think the offense is going to be really good. They get the best defensive player in the country at linebacker. That guy is going to be a – I can't wait to watch him play. I can't wait to watch Harold Perkins on Saturday. But you know what else I can't wait to watch is the fucking return 
of Florida State football to what it once was that I think is going to happen on Saturday, or I'm sorry, on Sunday night. Because, and I'm not just saying this because I like you, Tyler, but we've talked about this on the off or all offseason. It's not just the fact that, oh my gosh, you look at what they have. They have a Heisman contending quarterback with like the third or fourth best odds in the country um, with Jordan Travis, a redshirt senior. That's going to be a theme here in a second. Trey Benson, one of the one of the best running backs in the ACC, if not the country. Redshirt junior. Pepper, be quiet. I'm on a roll here. Then you start talking about what they have at receiver. Johnny Wilson, 6'7", an absolute nightmare of a mismatch for any defense in the country. Keon Coleman, one of the top players in the entire transfer portal that's coming in from Michigan State. 6'4", 215, incredible-looking receiver from, uh, like I said, from Michigan State. Then you talk about the fact that they have Jaheim Bell to line up and play wherever the fuck he wants. Fullback, H-back, tight end, whatever. Another mismatch athletically from, from like, he was a tight We saw what he was able to do when he was at South Carolina. You think he's not going to do that with a better quarterback and a better setup here? Then you talk about what they have on the offensive line. Not just returning all five starters, but returning 205 starts across the offensive line. I mean, that's incredible. Oh, and then ho-hum, they have the best cornerback and maybe defensive player you had in the entire portal, Fintrell Cypress at cornerback to shore up the secondary. And then you keep looking up and you say, oh, wow, they have Jared Burst, who was supposed to be a first-rounder, decided to come back. And it's not just the fact they have 17 returning starters. It's not just the fact that this game, they need this game more than LSU does. It's not just the fact that I think that they, hear me out here, they have more weapons on offense than LSU. And LSU fans, I'm sure that you think I'm crazy for saying that. But I haven't heard anything outside of Malik Neighbors. I've heard a running back by committee. And I've heard about Mason Taylor because who his daddy is and him catching that game-winning pass against Alabama. You have Malik Neighbors and you have Jaden Daniels, and that's all I've fucking heard about all offseason. You don't have Mason Smith in this game. You do have Harold Perkins. Is the secondary going to be good? Because they got torched at times last year. Yep. Uh, today, State, uh, by the way, John Emery out for this game. Shocking. 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 <laughs> um, uh, you know, like – I'm, again, I'm looking at this, and and I'm looking at the starting. I'm looking at the roster that that Florida State has released for the full depth chart, and I'm telling you right now, Tyler, Destin Hill. Who is Destin Hill, dude? Okay, so I was going to bring his name up because I'm sure no one knows who he is. This is a crazy story. I've never seen this work out for Florida State. Maybe you've seen it work out at Bama. This kid was a 2020 recruit. And he was the best recruit in our class, but he never showed up on campus. And there's like, I'm sure some people know what happened, but there's crowds of mystery about what happened to him the last two years. No one heard from him. He had no social media. There were, but everyone on Florida State staffs kept saying, we expect this kid to make it to campus at some point. Right. And you just never hear that working out. This kid shows up in May after spring ball, having, haven't, haven't played uh, football since high school two years ago and they said that in camp he's been one of the best receivers on the team he's a freshman starter and he's from new orleans and he was supposed to be there in 2020 yes well here's a fun fact for you tyler when you want to talk about experience and age and returning talent and experience i told you the stat you gave me about 205 starts in the offensive line how about the fact that he is the only starter on offense or defense that is a underclassman and not a junior or higher. Yeah. That's insane. They have 19 of the 22 projected starters on this depth chart that I'm reading right now on 
whatever Noel game day is right now that was released earlier uh, from from um, Norvell. 19 of the 22 starters on the depth chart are a minimum redshirt junior or older. They've been in college for at least four years. Those are grown-ass men. And I know that you have to go to the SEC if you want to play grown man football. But 19 to 22, that, that is that – is, you have a redshirt senior at quarterback. You've got, like I said, the, the most important positions, offensive line, keep them clean. You've got five returning starters, all of them. Almost every single one is a red shirt. Uh, is a, is a, they've all been there for at least four years. It's a red shirt junior and above. Jared Burst might be the best rush end in the entire country. Trey Benson is going to be a household name by November. Johnny Wilson, again, 6'7", 240. Florida State wins on, on Sunday night. And it doesn't mean the end of the season for LSU. I think Florida State is legit. And, and, and here's the thing that people don't want to listen to. People don't want to say Florida State's legit just because they, they don't want to say Texas is legit. And it's the same reason they want to shit on Notre Dame. And it's the same reason we want to shit on UCF and, and shit like that. Florida State was a 10-win team a year ago, and they beat LSU. Mm-hmm. Florida State wins this game. Get the chop going. Let's go, wait. baby. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm right on this. It's it's obviously when you're a fan, it's easier to hedge and say, I don't think they're gonna win this game. I, I've mm-hmm. got faith. I think there's some confidence there. Um, and that's the end of the show. As always, yeah. we really appreciate all of you listening to the show. It would really help the growth of the show if you'd rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify, leave a review. We'll read the best ones on air. Like and subscribe to the YouTube page so you know when we go live every Sunday night, except for this one at eight o'clock Eastern. Um, again, returning this year. The Colin voicemail line. New number this year. It's a local number, 770-674-8233. Again, that number is 770-674-8233. Call us before the game, during the game, after the game. If you're winning or losing, if you want to bitch, if you want to celebrate, call in. We'll play the best ones on air. Don't forget to check out the SDS podcast weekly with Connor O'Gara and check out all our videos and clips from the show on social media. And... For Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening, and good luck to your teams on week one.